0: This episode of TTU is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to Audible.com for all of the audiobooks you could possibly imagine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. That is Audible.com.
1: Yeah! Uh, Two Tone, the podcast, it's the liveest Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans Better tune in, this the podcast you want. It. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry or Tory Jackson This where we get it cracking Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast Two Tone, Hey. Tune in. Hello and
0: welcome to this episode of Two Tone Uncensored. I know it's been a while folks, but we're back. We're going to get back to the weekly episodes, the weekly features. So I'm glad to be back. Of course, I'm your host Ryan Moreland, joined by two great guest hosts today. I'm glad to have them both on. First, the name you're all very familiar with, uh, a TTU Hall of Famer and a good friend of mine, even Ooh. if he is a Buckeye fan, Tyler Musson. Tyler, how you doing? All right, I'm I'm doing pretty good, uh actually,
2: you know, even though that insult for the Ohio State thing there, but I'll leave that aside. Um <laughs> I uh I came down to Tennessee to uh to visit some family and um you know, on the way down here I thought, you know, do the do the yearly thing, pop by Titans training camp, see what's going on. You know, just ready to talk some Titans, let's tell you what I saw at training camp on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm excited, I couldn't get down there this year So I'm really excited to get to talk to you And another guy uh, that has been at training camp all week um, Another TTU Hall of Famer And it's his first appearance on the show, long overdue uh, But first time ever, Taylor Esther's the mastermind All of the graphics you've ever seen All of the cool memes or, or really any artwork that we've ever done Taylor is the mastermind behind it uh, So Taylor, how are you doing? Oh, well, thanks,
3: Ryan. I appreciate the intro, bro. Uh, yeah, it's uh, really humbling, man. I've uh, I've listened to the show. I discovered you guys uh, back in the early days of TTU and uh, really started listening to you guys out when I was living in California. So uh, I've been living in Tennessee since October. This is my first training camp. I've been trying to eat it up as much as I can. Got to meet Tyler
0: on Thursday. So it's uh, it's been a good, good experience all around. That's awesome, man. It, it, I'm excited to talk to both of you, getting the first-hand experience. You know, all of the news that you see, it, it tells you a good bit. We get to see a lot of videos, but it doesn't replace that first-hand experience of being there. So I'm excited to talk to both of you tonight about everything that you saw. Um, jumping right into it, let's get into some news uh, before we get into uh, all of the training camp stuff. First off, Delaney Walker signing the two-year extension for $17 million. Uh, twelve point seven six million of that is guaranteed. The question here is is his age. We all know the talent is there, but he's already thirty three, so this will keep him through, uh, you know, being thirty five, thirty six years old when he's coming out of this contract. Does the age worry you at all with a contract that's going to end up being this big? Not really. Um, you
2: know, what this contract kind of tells me is that you know something that I said to a couple other people. Uh, the day this came out is John Robinson seems to be signing the meat and potatoes players, you know, the guys that actually perform for us, the guys who actually go out, you know, and earn cold, hard results. Um, Also kind of seems like John Robinson understands the value of the tight end and understands the value that we have at tight end because Delaney, I'm going to say Delaney's second best tight end in the league. And if you want to go about it, you can say he's the best because he's the one that's available the most, whereas Rob Gronkowski is always hurt all the time. So uh, best availability is availability. Uh, Best ability is availability. But um, I think what this is is, you know, it's showing Delaney, hey, we appreciate your effort. You know, we understand this late career renaissance you're kind of having. You know, you seem like you haven't aged. Can you keep that going for us for another three years? Because I think it it was, what, a two-year contract on top of his contract this year so I think it's you know like an award to Delaney's like hey we see what you've done for us the last so many years can you keep that going for another three years and I think there's also a way for Robinson you know to kind of back door out of it in case something happens you know be it an injury or a, a fall off I think how he wrote it up is the guaranteed money as opposed to the year-by-year salary. So I think it's very good. I think it's awarding to, like I said, somebody who's one of our meat and potatoes guys.
3: Well, age is definitely a factor you consider. With Delaney, one of the most important factors that you have to look at, is, and that John Robinson knows, is that he has chemistry with Marcus. And with this new offensive scheme we're implementing, that is going to be very important. Uh, As you know, a lot of times in offenses around the NFL, what position is the dump-off position for a quarterback in trouble? It's the tight end, right? And Delaney is that guy, and he's shown that he still has gas in the tank and tread on the tires. So, you know, and the other thing is we have a young John Smith who is waiting in the wings, who needs a mentor. And uh, Delaney Walker, like you said, I agree with Tyler. I think he's top two or three in the in the NFL right now. I and mean, then, I mean, just look at Madden. He's got a 93 rating. I think that was like number two on Madden, uh, you know, because we all look at Madden football, of course, as our reference. But uh, it's definitely a factor in the age, but I don't think in this particular case it's the most most important factor.
0: I'll agree with you guys to an extent I definitely think the age is a factor and it worries me a little bit I have all faith in Delaney Walker he's an amazing player uh, but the one reason that really takes my you know puts my mind at ease with the age is we have a lot of young tight ends coming in you know most notably John New Smith so even if Delaney Walker's not playing at his full potential he's going to be a great coach to these young guys, to get Johnny Smith to reach the potential that we all think that he can reach. You know, last year in flashes, when he was on the field, Johnny looked really good. You know, he had two very big plays that are, you know, that are fresh in my mind still. Um, And I think he has a lot of potential. I think this guy has the potential to be a Delaney Walker caliber player. And like what you guys were talking, he has to be, you know, top two, top three in the league. I would say if you have him lower than three, you're insane behind Travis Kelsey, behind Gronk, I understand. But any lower than that, I don't. Um, he, he's an outstanding player, and, and I think Johnny Smith has that kind of potential. So even if it doesn't work out, and it's a lot to pay a guy that's going to be in a coaching role, but it's not that many years. And, and Delaney's you know, we you never see the guy get really sustained injuries that last a long time, minor things here and there. He's, he's a team-first guy. He's a guy that goes out there and does everything that needs to be done. Um, you know, so I don't have a problem with this contract. It was a little more expensive than I expected, but it wasn't more expensive than I would have done. Like, I would I would have made this yeah. contract. It was just a little pricier than I thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, and it it kind of took me by a whirlwind because I wasn't expecting it. You know, I think I was watching an A to Z special, and somebody said, Dot, I mean, uh, Walker got re-signed, and I was like, you know, somebody's just blowing smoke right now. And then it came out to be true. And you know it started to make sense. It was whether you know there, there's a multiplicity on things there that you know whether it be they think John U needs another you know couple years to grow, or if they are you know kind of rehearsing for next year's draft. If they're looking at a, possibly a tight end high in the draft, whatever the circumstance may be, they think somebody's going to need mentoring, and they think Marcus is going to need his whether like said his go-to guy to be there. And so, if you bring him in on another second, another two-year contract, you know he's he's right there for Marcus, and he's right there to show Janu or whoever the future draft pick might be. This is how you play tight end. This is how you be at Gronk
0: level. Right. No, exactly. I agree with you there. Uh, you know the next the next thing coming up, Taylor Lewon getting paid five years, eighty million dollars with fifty million guarantees. Um, the biggest contract an NFL lineman has ever received, and I think we all saw this coming. You know, the, no surprise here. So my question, not as much with Lawan, and you guys can talk about the contract and what you like or don't like about it. Uh, but my question is: so we have Walker and Lawan have extended. Mariota's picked up. Uh, the fifth year option's already been picked up for 2019. How impressive! It just is it for the casual fan out there listening that doesn't follow the dollars and cents. How impressive is it what John Robinson has able to, been able to do with the cap room that he had when he came in here? It's really pretty interesting because you know to start at the
2: beginning of free agency, we were all talking, "Hey, sign this guy! So go after uh, Honey Badger! Go after yada yada yada." back and forth who should we sign cornerback you know running back whatever bring in malcolm butler bring in Dion. you know you have to work within the cap space and people would have got to understand is yeah we signed malcolm butler and Dion lewis and then among a couple other you know nameable uh players um we signed them but we had to stay within our realm on the cap space and that's because we have some high price guys coming up that we've got to pay all uh, you know taylor lawan being the the, the forefront of that. It wasn't an issue until he kind of came in and said, hey, I'm not going to participate in minicamp until we at least talk about my contract deal. And, you know, to be honest, it was actually the most civil contract discussion I've, I think I've seen between the Titans and a player, Because anything else has been, you know, hey, I want my money or I'm not coming. You know, basically. But Taylor showed up to practice, you know, all that sort of thing. But you know, we had to work within a realm of cap space, and it's because we were saving for Taylor LeWand, Marcus Mariota, uh, Derek Henry is going to be coming up. You know, you're know, you going to have a whole long list. And then not, don't forget Corey Davis and Dory Jackson, two first-round guys you're going to want big, big, big money. But the Taylor Lewand thing was, was very civil. You know, it was both parties saying, hey, you know, there's some flaws in this contract. We need to work this out. And for what John Robinson was able to do is to bring in a high profile like Malcolm Butler and Dion Lewis, but also realizing, you know, he's got to stash some money aside and Taylor coming in. It wasn't him about being, Oh, what's the term? I've heard people say it. CJing the deal, which is I want my money. (laughs) I'm performing on the field. Yeah. I'm performing on performing on the field. I want my money. No Taylor. Taylor is – Marcus isn't loud. I'll say that. Marcus isn't loud. So Taylor's basically the mouth of this, fr- this franchise. Taylor is your left tackle, left tackles that are, you know, Pro Bowl level or hard to come by. And he understood that, and he said, hey, I just want to be paid for my dollar amount for my performance on the field. And John Robinson being able to work that was, was great because he understood that going into free agency, I believe.
3: And make no mistake, uh, just like Tyler said, I mean, John Robinson has been planning for Taylor LeJuan signing and Marcus Mariota since he took over. I mean, these are the two guys that he knew were going to be big dollar guys, uh, tough positions to fill, and he's been prepping our cap space for just – I mean, you know, we we talked about the Titans cap space for the last couple years, and we're still in a good spot, and I think that's why the Delaney extension was doable. Uh, and also the the tail the one, of course, you know you knew he was going to get top dollar. You knew he had to. He's one of arguably one of the top three tight uh, excuse me left tackles in the league, and you can't just not sign him. You have to sign
0: him. Yeah, you you guys bring up some great points here, and to, to add to this, going into next season, according to OverTheCap.com, we're going to be eleventh in cap space. So we just signed our our tight end, our, our book end left tackle, and we've we've already picked up the fifth year option for 2019 for Marcus uh, to extend that, and we're still going to be very high, like top of the list. Um... Uh, in cap space just to be able to do what he has been doing and we're going to have enough cap space to keep adding moves and and um like like Tyler was saying you know we we always like go after these guys I talked to an NFL scout one time and he told me as a scout you you feel like you know when you're a kid and you go to the toy store, and you're like, I want this one, and 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 this one. And, this one. and then your parents are like, No, you, you know, you got ten bucks, you got five bucks, like you can get that much. You're, you're not getting everything. Um, and, and I feel like that extends to fans too. You know, when you get in the off season, it's, you know, everybody wants to be like, Oh, go get this guy. You know, the big name here, the big name here, the big name here and since J Rob's been here, we have gotten some big names off of some big things, but a lot of cheap deals. We've gotten a lot of cheap players, gotten a lot of good trade value, got smart deals done. And that's the reason that we're setting where we're at. We're not going to be the Jags. who are going to be dead broke at the end of 2019. We're going to be a team that's set to build in that, you know, that comes from that Patriot mindset. And you see why the Patriots always have a little money to play with is because they do it this way. Um, and I, it's phenomenal what he's been able to do. It's very impressive. And as for the contract, and, I think it's it's stellar. You know, Taylor Lewan deserves to get paid what he's going to get paid. And, and you know, it, this works like this in the NFL. Next year he's going to be like the third or fourth or fifth paid left tackle in the league. You know, that's, yeah. you know it's, and, it's not going to last long. And Jack, you know,
2: tying together John Robinson and Jack Conklin – Little do you know, Jack Conklin's sitting here watching this situation. I mean, I understand he's injured not an ACL, but he was an all-pro, you know, for the life of me, why he did not make the Pro Bowl will never be under. Yeah, you're good enough to be all-pro, best in the NFL, but you ain't going to the Pro Bowl. Anyway, um, he's he's watching this situation, so and I'm sure John Robinson in the back of his head knows that is, hey, this guy, two years running, all pro, yeah, I'm going to need him in a couple years on top of Davis, Jackson, whatever, you know, their season outputs will vary vary in, you know, the, the dollar amount, but Conklin's watching this, and I guarantee you, John Robinson, as he's doing this, he's learning a thing or two, how to approach a tackle who thinks, hey, I would love to be on this team, I just would like to get the you know, the the I's and the cheese dotted and crossed.
0: Yeah, and to add to my point, in the 2019 season, if everything stays like it is right now, the Titans will have $40 million, just over $41 million, sorry, $41 million to play with in 2019. The Jags will have negative $19 million. So they to have to start cuts selling that D-line. Exactly, cuts are going to yep. be made. Cuts are going to have to be made, plus they're going to have... Guys like Jalen Ramsey, uh, just to name one, that are going to be coming up on big contract years. So, you know, we're building effectively. And and he'll demand,
2: oh, he'll demand Deion Sanders money. You can believe that that whole Pro Bowl thing and shutdown corner thing has gone to Jalen's head. That's another reason why I'm kind of glad we didn't draft him because you will have, not like Taylor. Yeah, you give the NFL history amount, but. He'll really pony. You'll really have to pony up the the dollar amount for Jalen Ramsey.
0: Oh, I agree. I think he's going to easily be the top paid cornerback uh, in the league when his rookie contract ends. So, so let's move on to the next piece of news here: uh, Kevin Dodd being cut by the team. I don't think this is really. That shocking to anybody. Uh, but how disappointing is it? You know, like what did, how about this? What did you guys think about when he was coming into the league? When you look at the dog situation, we all had high hopes from I mean, second pick,
3: I mean coming out, you know, excuse for Clemson, right? I mean, he's coming out really, you know, in this position near the top pasta. So we all had high hopes. He was one of the first Karen Robinson picks. Uh, of course, we're thinking, oh, dude, this guy's going be to be a beast. nothing panned out. First season dealt with injuries all year. Then last year, we're all wondering what's going to happen. Um,
2: basically,
3: I mean, it makes as good as I think was, as far as general manager goes. Nobody in the first few in the league don't get, they don't bat 1,000. Right? I think you guys will agree. I mean, you're eventually going to have that bust. And this is going to go in the books. This is his, his first bust. And I don't think it tarnishes Tyler and record at all. We're all disappointed. We all, you know, I, I'll be surprised if Doug gets a job. I mean, he, get, he may get a backup or third street role, but the league is kind of—you put him on notice that he's just not interested in playing football. You know, um, he's just lacking interest. What
2: do you think, Tyler? I was scratching my head when we first drafted them because I remember I was really excited. Uh, I kind of figured we were going to go offensive line that first first round, so it was like, you know, eh, ain't no biggie. Uh, second round got, I'm like, okay, this is the wild card. This is this. Some guys have dropped, and you know, some guys have fallen off. We can kind of snag and pull them up, and whatever. You know, we got the first first pick and second round. Yeah, we we can get this. And Kevin Dodd comes up on the board, and I'm kind of like, huh? And and I, you know, I started to do research on him. I'm like, well, okay, maybe he might be not be that bad. But the biggest thing that alarmed me was his one year of experience, and just to really understand it, I'm like, would you really use a first overall pick in the second round to take that? I could see the back end of the second round, but I was like, you anyway, know whatever. And you know, he when he got through and he had that injury, I think Mike Mularkey. I remember they kept saying they kept rushing him. And I was like, okay, if he's injured, why are you, you know, get him right, get him healthy so that way he can help us on the field. And I remember when he came on the field, the one game was against Detroit. And I remember he had a sack. It was at the end of the half. And, you know, that actually was leading to a victory for us. That was the highlight of his career for us. Everything since has been God's hurt, God's. Dodd's making an effort to come back. Dodd can't wait to play football. Dodd's unsure return. You know, it was story after story pushed down our throats that Dodd may be this. Dodd may be that. Will Dodd do this? Paul Koharski started getting on the train. You know, why is Dodd even showing up if he can't? And then eventually he didn't show up. And it kind of came down to the whole thing. What was it? Two years of back and forth between injury and missing and injury and missing and injury and missing and I'm like, God we really passed on Miles Jack I think Reggie Ragland was there too in the second round we passed on them for Kevin Dodd, so that, that was part of it was on J- John Robinson, the bigger part was on Malarkey for rushing him too fast but the major part is on Kevin Dodd because he just seemed
0: like he didn't care yeah you can be you cannot reach your potential and get second and third chances in the n f l because you know that potential might be there you're gonna be really cheap you know off of the second deal and whatever um but not having the passion for the game is a sin that is unforgivable in the n f l and it, the passion's obviously not there he obviously did not want to play football uh he didn't have that passion for football that drives guys to be great. Uh, and and it was clear from from pretty early and, on in his career that it wasn't there, and you know you, you and can't his, have that in guy. In his around.
2: interviews, it, even on his initial interviews, did it seem like to you he just kind of seemed like, meh, meh, meh. How was your first day? Well, it was great. We just still learn to be team players and learn to take it every day, and you know, you know, basically like grudging to get by. Like, hey, yeah, I'm drafted. I'm getting paid and don't really care though
3: so I was, was going to say I was surprised if anybody picks him up just, I, it's like Tyler says, out of the game and you just didn't care that's the bottom line and I think fans started to see it and it just came to
0: a point where the team's had to make a move nah I yeah. 100% agree I, I doubt we see anybody pick him up like I said not having the love for football is an unforgivable sin and unless you're unreal talented I and mean, then and odds not dodds a guy that was ultra productive in that last year and a very good defensive line with one year yep. uh, that he shined and, and it's it's not I, I doubt that we you know he might get on another practice squad but he has to show an attitude shift and we'll see if that happens and they not.
2: even gave him a crack at another opportunity they moved him to defensive end to see if he was better on the defensive line so it's not like anything else titans fall they tried to make him work it was it was an entire assault of uh, kevin dodd but you know a small fortune does have to go to john robinson's like hey turn in the ticket i want kevin dodd so, i mean you can put a basically on john robinson but this entirety has to be on kevin dodd because he like i like we all all are saying right now he just didn't care
0: i agree i definitely think that that was the case so um, we're bringing back the uncensored mailbag it's been a while since we've done the mailbag so excited to get a few questions in here for the mailbag first one where do Taylor Lewan and Delaney Walker rank in your favorite Titans of all time well
3: um, for me personally if we're talking all time the, the question doesn't sound specific is it like my favorite left tackle of all the left tackles that have played for the Titans or is it all
0: time players all time players If that's the case, I would say LeWan I work my Hall of Fame on my favorite player is a little different. It's
3: basically like the NFL Hall of Fame. You're not inducted into my personal favorite until after you've kind of either put in your you've earned your stripes for the team after years of putting putting in the work or you retire and you're, you know, like Steve McNair type thing. But I would say Taylor Lewan is definitely one of my top twenty and climbing because he's the dude has so much personality. I mean, you saw it after his contract extension when he had his press conference come out as boss hog. I mean, some people thought I might be a little over the top or a little goofy, but that's Taylor. He's all personality, and, and like we said earlier in the show, um, you know, Marcus is kind of more the quiet leader, and that's fine, but, it, you know, I would, I would say Taylor is, our, is the face of the franchise uh, to a lot of us just because of his personality. So for me personally, I, to answer the question, Taylor LeJuan is a top-20 player, quickly climbing. Delaney. He's been with us now what four years this is his fourth or fifth year and I don't remember what how many years I mean he's, he's been with us a lot and he lives the stripes uh, but to me though, my favorite tight end has always been uh, white check and it would take a lot to surpass them. I guess if we get to the Super Bowl with the lady this year, that would take a huge leap but that's me
2: quite frankly, neither of those two are at the top tier of my favorite titans of all time and it's only because one taylor lewan his age he's you know what was the draft 2014 that's still kind of fresh you know it takes a lot to overcome some legends uh delaney i think the biggest thing pulling him down is the fact that not necessarily he was brought on a free agent deal it was just because of the amount of years that he's been in tennessee he's he, he's balled out every single year i agree but he kind of came here with some age, but I'm kind of hoping, you know, I'm like every other Titans fan, you know, sitting around, he's like, hey, man, maybe he can go another 10 years and still be like Vernon Davis when Vernon Davis was 25, you know, something of that sort, you know, still have the speed and the go-to and the know-how to be able to create separation and everything. That's the biggest thing with Delaney. But Taylor, like, like – okay, let me get this straight. Taylor, like Taylor said – has been has been the the titan of the last since he was drafted. He's been the face. You know, we when he, when he first started, we had no face. We had nobody. We had Jake Locker. He was hurt all the time. He was a hurt locker. Taylor Lewan has assumed the role of the popular, funny kind of guy personality. You know, Titans fans can get along with. He's working his way at the charts. I'm not going to lie, but he ain't up there yet. But he is – there's a good chance he keeps his pace up, he'll clear most of the Titans on my list with, you know, with, with the star slot. But Delaney, if Delaney continues this, like I said, he'll – like. okay, give me two more – if he has three years on his contract, give me two more years of what you've done, you'll be top five for me. Because I know it was a, you were stuck in a bad situation, and the Forty ers came to us, and you spread. To you. But Taylor Lewan, I think he's got a while to go before he takes the place of a Steve McNair, who literally surrendered. Taylor, how many bones are in the body?
3: Uh, hundred and oh, should I test me now? I think it's hundred nine something like that.
2: Okay, yeah, all those bones. Steve McNair. <laughs> Steve McNair gave up every single one of those bones for this town and this team. He's got to do a lot to surpass Steve McNair.
3: 206 bones. Got, got, and that's, that's how many it is. And that's how many bones, like you said, Tyler, that Steve broke. And I have been petitioning so hard this year on Twitter and on Facebook, making graphics, everything. I can't, I don't know if you guys have seen him yet, about let's retire Steve's number because he is by far the reason many of us are tight. So, like you said, for Taylor or Delaney to to surpass these great the Eddie Georges uh Steve McNair's Frank YX Derek Masons they're gonna have to put in there yeah. but they're it's like you said they're climbing the ladder fast
0: for me Delaney's up there Delaney's pretty high not he's not in that top tier like you guys said you know he's not in an Eddie George or Steve McNair or, or Javon curse um kind of level yet but he, he's pretty high up on my list. I really like Delaney Walker. He's a quieter, I mean, quiet compared to Taylor Lewan, but I mean, I guess who isn't um, kind of leader, but he's just dignified, he's, he's never in trouble, always out there working, always team first. He's a really likable guy, um, even if his performances weren't as great as they have been. When he first came here, there was quite a few years where Delaney Walker was the only thing to like on our offense. It was the only, only thing to really to make you smile about our offense and and to come from that and to stick with the Titans and not try to jump out and get on a better team, but to stick with this team and um, now get to a point where you have a contender, you have a real team. Delaney Walker's really high on my list. and I think by the end of his career, Delaney Walker would be getting close to uh, that Mount Rushmore kind of level of uh, favorite Titans. Uh, I've always been a big Walker fan, for little one you guys hit it on the head. He's on pace to be up at that level. It's just that he's pretty young. He's a young guy. He has he's proved a lot, and he still has a lot more to prove. Um, you know, obviously with this giant contract, he has a shit ton to prove. But but he's a guy that's incredibly likable, very funny, uh, big personality. It it takes a lot of balls to come out in a boss hog outfit to sign your contract. You know that 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 takes a lot of a lot of uh, character and that's the kind of guy he is so at the end of his career he's going to be a guy that's up there as one of my favorite titans of all time but he's pretty young he still has a lot uh left in him and and by the end though I mean he'll be up there but uh, we're going to take a real quick break here just to talk to you about audible.com who sponsors the show uh, audible.com you can go on over 180,000 titles to choose from they have books, I mean, as many books as you can think of, they're there. Harry Potter, if you're a fan of that, and anything by Dan Brown. Uh, personally, I recommend going on there. Uh, and they have Elvin Bethay. a set-down conversation with El- Elvin Bethay uh, and Warren Moon, two great oiler greats uh, to go on and you can listen to them. And if you go through ttu, you will get one free audiobook uh, on us. So go help support the show and get a free audio book you do have to sign up for a 30-day trial but sign up for the trial get your free book and then delete the trial and then you just get a free book and you help support the show um so again that is www.audibletrial.com slash ttu all right guys everybody wants to hear about training camp so let's go ahead and jump in the training camp here a lot of storylines to talk about a lot that we want to hear from but first I want to bring up one guy that has really been the name of Titans training camp so far and that's Malcolm Butler who it's play after play after play that you know you're seeing on social media and and all we've been hearing about it, it just seems like he's just been on fire constantly throughout training camp so I wanted to ask you guys is it just the highlights we're seeing or is he playing like this throughout training camp?
2: No, it's 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 everything is advertised. You know, it's everything that was advertised when John Robinson, you know, opened up the checkbook and brought him in. You know, he's worth every single penny of that sixty million we brought him in for five years. It seems like he's got something that we haven't had for, geez, many years. I'm I'm talking many years, like Samari Roll, Andre Dyson years beyond Pac-Man Jones, beyond Cortland Finnegan. Because Cortland Finnegan – okay, let's address Cortland Finnegan because I know a lot of people are going to be talking about Cortland. Cortland Finnegan had fight for the ball. Malcolm Butler has more of a route knowledge. You know, he he sees what the – receiver is going to do and you know he understands okay if he's undercutting here he has to be going high top or you know whatever the route may be and then he has the closing speed that Cortland Finnegan never had in my opinion so everything that has been put on social media whether it be eight a- to eight to z sports national whatever you know all their clips it's everything is advertised this guy there's a reason he covers antonio Bur- With New England, that is. There's a reason he covered Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. He's the number one corner. He's a shutdown corner. And, you know, frankly, it's the best thing for Corey Davis because Corey can understand, I need to fight for the ball because these number ones aren't playing. And, you know, he understands I have to beat him here or there. Legitimately, it boils down to Malcolm Butler is amazing and he's going to do wonders for Corey Davis.
3: He's legit, and he really has, he has shown that he's worth the money that John Robinson invested because, you know, just like Tyler said, I mean, when you're watching this kid in practice, he brings energy. He brings fundamentals. One of the biggest things I've noticed, and what has been the number one problem that our corners have had over the last few years, turning your head. Turn your freaking head and look for the ball. I mean, that's the problem, but you see Kar- oh, you see Karan. I mean, Malcolm Butler, you see Malcolm in practice doing that. And, and that's huge because these guys, he's fundamentally sound. Uh, like Tyler says, he's anticipating what the receiver's route is going to be and his footwork is good to where he can, he can recover if he, if, if he's in a bad spot. Um, so he is definitely pushing our wide outs, you know, and, um, We've got some good ones coming up. I mean, people are, are giving a lot of credit to Malcolm Butler as did, for what he's been doing in, in camp so far. Um, you got to give credit to Corey Davis. They haven't been showing a lot of the plays he's actually made. They've just shown the ones where, you know, I think a lot of people have Corey Davis kind of under the microscope right now, and that's another topic. But um, uh, Malcolm Butler is really killing it, and, and he's a good – he comes from a pedigree. You know, he's come from a Super Bowl champion team. Uh, he brings that expertise, that experience and knowledge to these younger guys, you know, the Sean Sims. We got all, all these younger guys. And him with, his, with Logan, Adoree, Malcolm Butler, I mean, I'm liking what our depth chart is looking like at the cornerback.
0: I mean, that's obviously great to hear, guys. And you, you bring up Corey Davis here being under the microscope, so let's jump into that. You know, a lot of people saw that play, the one that you're talking about where he falls down and, and butler gets to pick and, and it looks like butler steals another one from him what have you guys seen um from Corey davis so far in training camp
3: tyler and i were both there thursday which was opening day for camp and towards the end when they were running scrimmages uh first offense against first defense i saw a play that was incredible marcus dropped back and threw a thirty-yard—I don't know if you saw this, Tyler. He threw a thirty-yard, roughly twenty to thirty-yard ball to the corner of the end zone, and Adoree was all over uh, Corey Davis, but he still pulled it in for the touchdown. I, did you see that one?
2: Yeah, I've seen that too. Um, at first, I thought me and you were actually talking at the same time, but uh, I think me and Brandon, Brandon Williams, were sitting together, um, and you know, I saw it from the corner, and it would look like it was a—it was a good leap goodly listen to my grammar there a very well-placed ball by Mariota and it's not like Adore you know he slipped or anything it was just that Corey got such great separation and then it was such an accurate pinpoint that Corey was able to go up and go go get it and Adore was one of the top-rated rookie cornerbacks by PSS last year so you know it's not like he caught it over Ty Smith or anything Um, But it it was actually very impressive. It was showing that Corey, when he has the knack for the the ball, he can go get it, and he can get it over the best corners.
0: One thing I wanted to ask you guys about Rashard Matthews, but that ended up becoming kind of clear to us today when the news broke that he's been placed on the pup list and had been for a while, uh, and the news never really broke of that. So I'll ask you about the offensive worries as a whole. The defense seems to be playing fantastic, everything we've heard – but for a lot of negative things about the offense, do you guys feel like that that is fair to say right now? Is it just the bumps and bruises of learning a new system? Or do you have any real worries about the offense heading into the season?
2: I think it's honestly the bumps and it's just bumps and bruises. It's legitimately bumps and bruises. We're changing from an offensive scheme. We're changing from Elmer Fudd scheme to a legitimate offensive coordinator scheme. Okay, it's going to take some time. These players are used to all oh, be very, very quiet. You know, those kind those kind of plays is <laughs> what what they're looking for. They're looking for the way not to get tackled, kind of plays. Whereas Matt Lafleur is like, how can we exploit these guys? How can we use their disadvantages? to our advantages. So it's it's some growing pains. You know, it's it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to not going to happen the first week, and I wouldn't expect it to because if it happens the first week, I'm like, okay, what the hell is wrong with this offense? You know, if Mariota gets it the first week, I'm like, why is this so goddamn simple? Why is this so easy? You know, is this the same thing Malarkey was trying to put in? It's growing pains. Don't expect – our offense to get it first first clip first budge that's the way i feel and i feel people are like oh the defense is winning constantly well look at it this way we've never had a good secondary before we have a legitimate top five secondary i feel this year with malcolm butler all over the field with the dory's high rating from last year Bayard, Ciprian, let's hope he gets it together because he's the weak link, to be honest. But I think we have a top no-fly zone. And that, that plays a part in the Mariota's interception ratio, too. You know, he's throwing a few interceptions, but that's good. He's learning and in the new system.
3: Yeah, it's week one in the training camp. So these guys are learning each other. They're learning uh, Dean Pease, our defensive coordinator. He's all over the place. He's just as energetic as the players. I don't know if you guys noticed that. He is everywhere. He's hyping up our guys. Every time one of our, our, our defensive guys makes a play, he's all over there. Just great job. I mean, he's, he's louder than anybody else there. I mean, it's awesome. And the offense is going to get there. This is week one of training camp. They're learning these schemes. They're learning Matt, uh, Matt Flores offense. floors And uh, you see him out there working with the quarterback, all three of them. Uh, it's great. To see him helping him with the footwork and, and just, being able to be at camp, I, I totally encourage anybody that can make it, Whether you're if you're local and you haven't gone to camp, if you live in Nashville or even middle Tennessee and you haven't been to camp, you need to get out here because when you see these guys going at it and, and how they work in practice, you really get a, a different perspective and a greater respect for these guys. But the offense is going to get there, and, and we have a lot of talent on this offense. I, I'm not worried in the least, Ryan.
2: Yeah, and it's to be honest, for people showing up to camp, it's a legitimately probably unless you're loaded in terms of money. I'm just saying, from a ticket sale perspective, it's probably as close as you're going to get to the players, to be quite honest. And it's free, so I mean, there's really no excuse for people not showing up at least saying, okay, what product, what product is going to be going on the field? So if you're wanting to get like basically, you know, from literally from where I was standing taking pictures. I was on the bleachers, and a rack bow was like 10 feet in front of me. You're going to have to pay $200, $300 for that during the regular season. So I'm just saying.
0: That's awesome to hear, guys. So before we move on to the next thing, what is your one quick takeaway? What's the one thing that people aren't talking about that they should be? My
2: one quick take would honestly have to be, Okay, the secondary they're talking about, what they're not talking about is the running backs. Our running backs are going to have unpredictability because it's the fact, you know, everybody's like Deion's the catcher out of the backfield and the pass blocker, and Derek's the bruiser up the middle. Derek, I said this last year, Derek ain't no joke. Derek Derek can catch some passes. So, I mean, if Derek's lining up the single back, it's like, oh, there ain't no way that they're going to throw the ball with Derek. Uh, What happened against the Jaguars at the end of the year? Like, 65-yard touchdown. And Dion, Deion's not necessarily just just the receiving out of the backfield threat. Our running backs are going to have the fact that it's not going to be predictable. DeMarco was predictable. You know, Derek, he got in there. He was a little predictable just because of DeMarco. But I think the fact that Dion and Derek both kind of have the same similar trait. Now Derek, you know, there's some fine tuning he's gonna need in a little pass blocking, but he's gotten extremely better than that what I've seen in training camp. But him and Dion, whether one's six three or whether one's five four foot three, it doesn't matter because they're essentially the same back, just one's more built than the other, and one's a little more slender and faster. So that's that's what people aren't saying is that Derek and Dion. I'm gonna book it right now their top three duo in the NFL.
3: Yeah, I, everything Tyler said I could go along with easily. My uh, my takeaway as far as kind of what people are sleeping on our biggest one of our I think arguably one of the one of our biggest weaknesses last year on defense was our pass rush, or the lack thereof. We had no pass rush. We, we, we were probably, uh, I don't know, we were, we were at the bottom of the barrel uh, in the league as far as sacks, and it, that really hurt us in the long run. But you look at our linebackers right now, this core we got, Derek Morgan, Brian Arakpo, our rookies, Uh, Landry and uh, especially Rashawn Evans. I got to meet that dude in person at the stadium uh, a few months back uh, when we got to meet the rookies and that dude is built. He's huge and you look at him like this is not a rookie. He brings that facade like the veteran facade. I would be amazed if he got hazed at all this year as a rookie because these guys are going to come in. They were drafted to produce and contribute immediately and I think we're going to see that on the field. I think we're going to see a lot of pressure on the quarterback, a lot more sacks than we had last year. So I'm really excited to see how these linebackers fare this year.
2: Yeah, and Rashawn is the one guy that I kind of figured would be the extreme ability to – uh Cover the tight ends because that's our problem. That is our problem on defense. Our problem isn't the pass rush. Our problem isn't the um, you know the cornerbacks because they came on at the end of the year. Our problem is to be able to cover Travis Kelsey. Thank God, John Cyprian took him out. Um, and then Rob Gronkowski. That was that was our if you want to say ultimatum to our end was that even with Byard on him, nobody can bring him down. So Rashawn Evans is our guy. To basically, hey, you're gonna play linebacker for us, but hey, you're also going to cover the tight ends of the, of, of the world. You're gonna cover the ifer, well, if I ever plays anyway, but all the premier tight ends. Not just Evans,
3: Tyler. Uh, don't forget uh, Jayon Brown. We brought you Jay Jayon Brown. That's yep,
2: Jayon Brown. That that's an interesting mix at training camp. Yep. yep, you're you are very right. They're they're duking it out, and you know that's only gonna benefit the team. That's as Brable said. Everybody in the benefit best interest of the team if those two to keep duking it out you know sky's the limit who's gonna take that position
0: all right guys great takes there we're gonna do something a little different here to end this show out and obviously we're gonna have way more from training camp coming up uh but we're gonna do a quick game here how well do you know the titans all these talking about current players and a little bit about past players so i'll ask you guys each the question See if you can get the right answer. So first one here: which Titan was kicked out of college in his freshman year, and then got a job working at Popeye's Chicken before going to a different college and obviously eventually getting to the NFL? Was it Malcolm Butler, Dane Cruikshank, Jonathan Cyprian, or Kevin Byard? You want to take that one, Taylor? I'm
3: gonna, I'm, you know, it's a total guess, man. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm.
2: I don't know I'm it either. Gonna, so
0: I'm going to say Byron. Ryan.
2: I'm going to say Kevin Byron. I will say Cyprian. That sounds like a Cyprian move.
0: All right. So far, both of you got it wrong. It was Malcolm Butler. <laughs> uh, was oh wow! Kicked out of Division Two Hines Community College. Uh, worked at Popeyes for a while, and then eventually played at Alcorn State, the same college that Steve <laughs> McNair was a graduate of. He left that out
2: in the introductory press
0: conference uh, to the Titans. <laughs> I tried to go for some tough ones here. So next one. Which Titan once ripped off an opponent's a dreadlock in a game and kept it as a souvenir? Was this Jarrell I... Casey, Taylor Lewan, Brian Arakbo, or Ben Jones? Oh, come
2: on. Um, I'm going to say Jarrell was, Casey. I'm...
3: Yeah, I'm going to say Ben
0: Jones. I think it was when he was. It might have been when he was a Texan. And Taylor takes the lead. one well, nothing. It was Ben Jones. It was in college uh, that he did this. Oh, Not, wasn't it college? Okay. Yeah, ripped out a couple dreadlocks from an opponent. Not only did he keep it, he put it on a ceiling fan as a memento <laughs> after he kept it. Uh, just shows you how crazy That's why it's hard ben for Jones me: is is
2: college. That's why that's, I was thinking, like, who the <laughs>
0: hell ripped a. <laughs> Fun fact about him also yeah, when I was him up, he drank his own urine one time as a bet when he was a Texan. Dude, he's insane. <laughs> he ate bugs too, didn't he? Pretty yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're gonna drink your own piss, you're gonna eat bugs. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No. No kidding. That's the top. All right. This one. This one. I think you guys both might get, but we'll see here. Which Titan, current or former? set the record for most career rushing yards ever by a high school running back in all of America. Was it Derrick Henry, Eddie George, Chris Johnson, or DeMarco Murray? Mm, I'm going to say Derrick.
3: Yeah, that's my guess too.
2: Because the only reason I say – I'm going to back this up because if it's wrong, because I know people are sitting around here, man, these guys don't know crap. No, (laughs) The reason I say Derrick is because – there was there were stories out that the reason why certain high schools when they were setting up their schedule they denied playing them was because Derek was so friggin' big Derek was so friggin' big and they had so many big guys on their on their team they're like no there ain't no way we're playing you so they had to play out of
0: state guys so that's why I'm gonna say Derek Henry
3: yeah he's been a beast in high school I, I stick with the answer too
0: You guys are both right here. It was Derrick Henry. There we go. There you go. So uh, Two to one out of the score. Derrick Henry broke the record. That was set by Ken Hall in 1953, and he beat it by almost 1,000 yards. Uh, Henry had at least 2,400 rushing yards in every season, but his senior season was unreal. 4,261 yards, 55 touchdowns while averaging 9.2 yards per carry, and he over averaged over 327 yards a game. I mean, those and are how do we
2: draft this guy in the second round? How do we get him? Not with not just <laughs> in the second round <laughs> with our third pick in the second round, 45th pick oh, in the second round. I mean, come on. The Carolina Panthers, I bet they're fucking kicking themselves for uh, passing on Derrick in the first round.
3: Yeah, derek has been a – Derek. Derek's been a professional size his size. He's been a professional size player since he was like 12. So, no doubt. <laughs> Y'all it's seen
2: it. those pictures those those pictures of uh Derek and Dion in training camp, right? Where Dion looks like a guy standing in line at a cinema and Derek looks like he came out of boot camp. He <laughs> yeah, looks like
0: father out. and son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is two to 2-1. Taylor in the lead right now. Two more questions to go. Which Titan is a massive Tom Brady fan, and he sticks to the TB 12 diet and exercise methods? Is it Dion Lewis, Blaine Gabbert, Luke Falk, or Marcus Mariota? I'm going to say Luke Falk.
3: Uh, I'm going to say
0: Deion Lewis. All right, Tyler ties it up. It is Luke Falk. Ah,
2: there it is! <laughs> he Googled <with> it! <laughs> I, I didn't, the only reason I said it was because of the whole Mr. Irrelevant thing. I'm like, there's some tie there between them. I know it. I know it. I know it. I'm like, it's Luke Falk. It has to be Luke Falk. No, well, I thought
3: Delaney, because I thought he was going to be one of the options, because after one of his training camp post-press conferences, he was talking about uh, taking care of his body and doing some similar diet to that anyway. All right, next question. What you got? Right. we got we to break the tie.
0: All right. Well, I was just going to say, it got so extreme in college, he was such a big fan of this, that his coaches were begging him to eat less healthy because they wanted him to put on weight, uh, which I thought was funny. And and by the way, I didn't even know this until I was looking up stuff on Falk. He might have the coolest nickname I've ever heard of in college. They called him the Messiah of Palo, Palo Uce, which is like that area up in there, or they just called him the Messiah, which is like a, <laughs> an awesome nickname. Here's the tiebreaker. Last question. Let's see if someone can pull it out. And this is my favorite question out of all of them. Which Tennessee Titans sister wanted him to use his draft bonus to get butt implants? Rashawn Evans. (laughs) This is a true story. Is it Rashawn Evans, Corey Davis, Harold Landry, or Jack Conklin? Wow. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say
3: Corey Davis on this one.
0: I want to say, what were the, the choices again? All right, the options were Rashawn Evans, Corey Davis, Harold Landry, and Jack Conklin. <laughs> Such a ridiculous question. I want to say, Rashawn Evans. All right, and we do have a winner, and it is Taylor Hurst. It was Corey oh! Davis. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: just doesn't seem like Taylor's, sister. I mean, Corey's sister. Uh, My logic
3: on that question was that, you know, Corey Davis is pretty slender, so if you've got
2: a sister, she's like... That's why I was trying to, I'm like, who the hell is is skinny? Who the hell is... I'm like, well, hold on a minute
0: here. That's pretty good logic, Taylor. Uh, Yeah, sister Latoya told TMZ that she wanted to get butt implants. She did say that, It was a joke uh, later on, but she did say after she said it was a joke that she would take the implants if he wanted to pay for them. (laughs) <laughs> when I found that, I was like, "How do I not include that?" That is an awesome
2: story. <laughs> I'm like,
0: as soon as you said that,
2: I guarantee you may tell like, "What? Is somebody's sister really?" You know, that, I mean, most people with their first contract buy a house, a car, you know, whatever, a boat. Not butt implants. Don't <laughs> want.
0: I couldn't find anywhere if he if he actually purchased them or not. So we you know we still don't know if the sister got the butt implants or not. But but she was asking for them. We do know that. Thanks Taylor, were you for...
2: staring at his butt at training camp? Give us a give us <laughs> a clue. No, oh, no, man. I'm. I'm, 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 I'm... <laughs> no. All right.
3: Well,
0: hopefully. So yeah, you, you win, you win, Taylor. Hopefully, everybody played at home. I hope you played along with uh, with us, and if you did, let me know what you what you scored. Uh, you can do that at TTU Podcast uh, on Twitter. Thanks so much, uh, Tyler Mustin, for coming on again. Thanks to our our first trivia champion, Taylor S. Hurst, for coming on for the first time. Hopefully, the first of many.
3: He's a forever.
2: He's going to be known as the butt. Champion because of that, <laughs> last, that last question, he is forever the oh, butt cheek champion. <laughs> Let's an implant cheek because that could
3: be anything, you know. <laughs> well, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely stay tuned next week. We're going to be doing some more uh, training camp talk. Probably have these two gentlemen on again. We'll also be talking to some of the guys behind the irish titans podcast and irish titans fan group really excited about that to get to talk to some of our fans from overseas so definitely look out for that uh, as always fuck the jaguars and tighten up tighten up fuck the
1: jaguars Yeah. Uh, I know Two-tone, the podcast It's the liveest Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans Better tune in. this the podcast you want it. Hosted by my big homie Ryan Morlin Mariota throwing bombs he don't ever miss Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six talking stats and plays What's happening Derrick Henry, Tory Jackson this' where we get it cracking Yeah Tennessee Titans podcast Tutone hey. Yeah. Tune in.